Yo, it's me, AC, and this is what, 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 we're live. It's a podcast, because I like to create stuff, and quite frankly, everyone's doing it. Watch or listen as I create, collaborate, or contemplate anything with the cool people I meet. You might learn something, you might be entertained, or you might just want to change a station. And that's okay, because either way, what, 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 we're live. Hi everyone, my name is Ilya Efraimov. Um, I was born in Russia and I'm in the dance business for about 32 years now. Well, we were like four times uh, United States uh, finalists in international, professional international Latin. Uh, Blackpool International UK Rising Star finalist, uh, North American professional Latin champions, World Cup. Uh, vice champions, um, six times undefeated Fred Astaire national champions, um, North American uh, professional show dance champions. When did you start dancing? I started relatively late for a professional dancer and it was a total accident. I was about 15 years old and I was into sports, and at that time of my life, a lot into uh, music. We had a band, um, I used to play bass guitar, and we used to sublease space um, in the hall, ballroom hall, where uh, the top formation team used to practice. So we were subleasing a basement. The manager of that team um, was a, a very well-known man in the entire region. Uh, they were constantly on television, local television, and some regional uh, channels. And he was very, very strict, uh, very good-looking, um, periodically complaining about us making a lot of noise. And every time we would walk into that hole, we were trying to be extremely quiet. Just he doesn't even notice us because he would complain about us being noisy and... Uh, sometimes inappropriate sound-wise and stuff like that. So one time I came to the rehearsal and I snaked in into the basement. Five minutes later, one of his boys uh, who used to dance for him came over and he said, uh, you must be Ilya, right? I said, yes. He goes like, my manager would like to see you. I said to him, I just walked in. I mean, we haven't made even a sound yet. I mean, we didn't even set up. And what is the problem? He goes like, I really don't know uh, if you don't mind because we don't want to run into some, you know, discomforting situations. Uh, if you don't mind, could you please come up and see him? I am as a 15 years old boy and he's intimidated guys looking at me and all of a sudden he smiles at me. So to make that <laughs> story short, he invited me to try because apparently he needed a boy who was a, a certain height and certain look. And he assumed I might fit the bill. And I told him, me and dancing, we're on two different parallels. You know, I, 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 there's absolutely no way, no way I could substitute what I have now and what I love now for something I really don't care about. So. We had about 15 minute conversation and he convinced me just to come to try. 
uh, I did not really want to do it, but just to make him happy and uh, not to create any problems, I decided to come. That lesson was very rough, I have to say, because I was extremely distracted. Uh, we were on the second floor and I could see, oversee the ballroom when they were practicing. And I saw, oh my God, all these people look so beautiful and elegant and the girls are all in makeup and stuff like that, practicing for their um, uh, formation, one of the formation routines. So I was so distracted and uh, also like the dancing didn't come that easy. I was like, okay, left, right, forward, back. I was like, what's going on? So anyways, that led into the second session and that led into the third session and kind of I, start, I started to kind of see, oh my God, uh, there's something about it. There's something about it. Obviously, I did not know at that time that I will become professional dancer and, and drop everything I have and everything I believed in for something like that. But I would say it took me about six months and that became the thing for me. Obviously I was like out of eight couples, I was the last one because I was the least experienced and became a little competitive. Okay, how do I move to number seven? How do I move to number six, number four? And um, with hard work and dedication and a little passion behind it. So at that time, we did become number two. And then we left, I, I immigrated to Israel, my family immigrated to Israel before I came here. And my dance journey continued with that. Did you say you were into sports? I was sports and at that time I was very heavily into music. Yes, the bass, so we were writing songs and we're becoming like a band who was started to, to be in demand on the regional level. And um, my teacher thought I had a potential to become a, a very good musician. So why did you choose dance over sports and music? Well, first, I think, to be honest, um, listen, I was 15 years old boy and I saw so many beautiful girls. I mean, that attraction was right there. <laughs> attraction was right there, I'm not going to lie. Especially in my first session with one of the, I mean, he gave me the most beautiful girl probably he had because he knew that that could be the hook. And um, so that was the first attraction. And then obviously the music, since you're already playing kind of the music, it was different type of music. Um, but just to see the movement, I was fascinated how two people can create such a magic on a dance floor. I was fascinated how they could remember the, the, the moves and, and everything was in such an unbelievable harmony. And then when I saw eight couples moving together and then not only individually, but together. And I mean, they were relatively at that time, a very relevant team, formation team. You know, they were on TV very often. There were um, some couples were assisting some mega stars, regional mega stars, like singers and, and different bands, you know, creating scenes for them and stuff. So I got exposed to some television which also kind of was interesting, I mean, as a young fellow. Um, but that was the first kind of attraction. And then it really became more, you start understanding dancing a little bit more. You start understanding moving with a, another person uh, to the music and the whole fascination of movement together. Um, I was drawn into the choreographic side of it as well, you know, and uh, something that I don't know, really caught my interest 
physically and mentally. Would you say you enjoyed the art portion of the dancing versus the competition more? Uh, the artistic side, I think, took first. And then, obviously, competitiveness, because you, you want to become better. You want to see how far you can push yourself. And uh, is it going to be a thing? Uh, is it something that I can excel at? Um, you know, and then artistry was driving competitiveness, I would say, at that time. And you always want to be better. You want to become competitive. Do you think there was ever a I'm ready to give up point? No, I actually was developing more and more. I mean, I came to United States because I had a dream to achieve my goals. And um, in Israel, it only was developing the ballroom industry. So I had no time uh, to wait for. I mean, we were part of the movement at that time, but we knew that we wanted to be in a country where ballroom dancing was excelling um, and it was on a different level. So we want to be exposed to uh, a very high level of teaching and uh, to see. I mean, I, I could not even imagine that I could ever make my living out of this. It was not even uh, a point of interest. It was just really drive to become the best dancer you possibly can be. But we're lucky enough that it's so popular here, thank God, and, and I know why, and I understand why, and you know, what dancing does to, to a person, what it did to me personally, and how many lives uh, we're touching, how many people we're touching through dancing, you know, uh, not only on the dance floor, but off the dance floor as well. Well, I retired, I was 37. And uh, I felt it was time for me to move on because um, I, obviously the age, my wife, who is my partner, was my partner. She was significantly younger, but we decided to make because we said, you know what, we achieved more than I thought we would. And um, we were already experiencing the demand of teaching and people were trying to get, you know, coaching days and, and stuff like that. So we're thinking like probably that's the opportunity. Also, what uh, instigated the whole thing was that um, my boss at that time, uh, who was my mentor, she became my dance mom and business mom <laughs> at that time, she decided to retire. And we said, OK, if she's retiring, probably we're going to go ahead and open up the studio. And then it took off. So what would there. you say is the difference between a professional dancer and then moving on to the coaching side of things? Well, it's a different hat you're wearing. All right. So and you look at dancing very differently once you retire. Uh, and everybody's saying that and maybe it's a cliche, but it's a fact. Um, you look at the dancing from different sides. You see what dancing does on many different levels and to me, um, it's just the fascination of um, you taking a person, and this is where the person is. And in six months from now, you see the person looks completely different. And when you have something to do with that, it's extremely rewarding. You know, and people dance for different reasons. Some people want to become champions and becoming super competitive and really want to push themselves. Some people do it for social uh, reasons. Some people do it for health reasons, or maybe both. Uh, so it's up to you to recognize some people changing their goals. They start very socially, like majority of people, and then becoming very competitive. So it's really fun to be part of their journey, and whether it's a student or professional, 
and see what you can contribute, uh, how can you communicate with these people, motivate them to do things, uh, to work harder and, and to develop their passion for dance, you know, through your passion. What would you say is the biggest misconception about you? <laughs> well, one thing for sure that happens throughout my career is that the first perception is that I'm intimidating or not approachable. So people that know me very close probably is the opposite. Um, but I guess my statue or my features or maybe how I carry myself I get it for so many years, you know, whether it's a student or professional, some people would like to come and talk to me, for example, and they're afraid they might send somebody or they might research first as like, hey, uh, is he like uh, a bit aggressive or <laughs> I honestly don't know why. And um, but when you get it for so many people, you start believing it, I guess, <laughs> you know. So I try to put my smile on and just say, you know what, hey guys, I'm cool, I'm okay, you know. But that's probably one thing that I get all Do you the think time. that some of your influences come from the teachers that started you off in the dance business? I mean, everything is affecting you and building you up. You know, before you becoming your own, uh, there's a lot of teachers are affecting you in a positive way or maybe not always in a positive way. They make you think. Um, and I think to become a very good dancer or very good athlete or good at anything, you have to be um, intellectually supported, you know, so you have to have a certain level of intellect and develop that, uh, those intellectual skills, you know, to understand things in a broader, broader way, in a bigger way, uh, because dancing has no, like music, music has 12 notes, right? But people write music endlessly every day new music comes out in so many different genres, right? So I believe that dancing has no limits. So when people say, look, everything has been done, I think there is a lot more, there is a lot more out there, you know, a lot more creativity, a lot of more things that people are gonna create and develop, you know, how the styles are blending, how the movement is blending and stuff like that. And of course, you know, people influencing you throughout your career and uh, they still do. They still do. Uh, I follow a lot of non-ballroom styles of dancing. Uh, I'm involved in choreography a lot and uh, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy the creative part of this. I enjoy seeing things come to life, you know, from your head. You verbally explain through the movement and verbally explain to a couple and a couple is delivering. I find it fascinating Like this is came somewhere and then all of a sudden this is it <laughs> you know so um but yeah influence yes of course you, uh, you keep learning all the time yeah. I, I i at least try always learning from even from conversations sometimes people make you would say a phrase or would say a word and make you think and it leads you to somewhere completely different you know but it would never start if you wouldn't have this conversation, yeah. you know what I mean? So you have to be open, you have to, you have to look, you have to, to be like alert to everything, yeah. to nature, to, to music, to, to anything, you know, to be, you know, relevant. Yeah. Yo! 
It's me, AC, and this is Whip, 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 We're Live. It's a podcast. We hope you had as much fun listening or watching as we did creating it. We Are Live is an extension of Relive, an event marketing and promotions company, producing and innovating the ways we consume experiences and content through social media. We capture moments, you relive them. That's pretty clever, right? Utilizing We Are Live, it is one of our main goals to bring together as many other creative, fun, inspiring, and forward-thinking artists, influencers, and businesses. In fact, this is actually a small piece of a bigger project, so we welcome and hope you stick around for the journey. We Are Live cannot continue to exist without listeners and viewership, so we are begging. No, we are be- Okay, we're not begging, but please hit that like and subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the bell for notifications. Share, comment, engage, feel free to donate and help us continue to grow and obviously create more and crazier content. You can find us on just about every social media, video, and podcasting platform. And we're always looking for new ideas, guests, and sponsors, so feel free to reach out. Thanks again for your support. I'm AC, and uh, this is the We're Live podcast. See you next time. We out. No, really. See you next time. You got to go. Cut it. Cut out. No, serious, we're, we're out, really.